welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Well, I moved into this room, if you could call it that, a week ago. I never do what I'm supposed to do, hardly even know my name calls it out, kind of vanishes away. And I can't get to sleep at night, the parking lot's so loud and bright. The seat hasn't worked in 20 years, probably never made a single person cold. But I can't say the same for me, I've done it many times. Somebody take me home. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 231, Back on the Board in Bama. And I am your host and the guy who had a slow five days in the turkey woods this past week. And I've got to get a move on because we are 26 days, 22 hours, 22 minutes, and 50 seconds away from the end of turkey season in Alabama. Yes, I have had a couple of very good hunts over the past week, but there have been no shots fired. It's all right. I know it will happen. The birds are still not right just yet. They should start getting that way really any day now. I'm thinking that we're about at that time of the season where the hens are starting to slip away mid-morning, late morning, and the gobblers are lonely, and that's when I need to be there to meet them. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the little intro music today. That is Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit singing a little ditty called Alabama Pines. If y'all like that, go check him out. So, I'm going to be quick today because I have a long episode for you. And yes, the title, well, it's probably a dead giveaway. Because today I am playing for you the audio from my successful Alabama turkey hunt from a couple of weeks ago. And the interview with Scott McDonald, who was with me on that hunt and who got a bird himself in Alabama. So Scott's able to mark one more state off of his list. And that's a good thing. And we are not going to delay. We're going to jump right into this. Here is the interview with Scott and then the audio from the hunt. And I will see you guys on the other side. 
Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you I have on the line with me today Scott McDonald from Mississippi. And Scott is a listener of the show. And Scott and I have been in touch with each other several times over the past year when he heard about my, I'm not going to say misfortunes in Mississippi, but lack of luck in Mississippi is probably a better way to say that because I had some good fortune. I just couldn't make it happen. So Scott and I throughout the the year have been staying in touch with one another and Scott's also in the process of trying to complete his super slam and Scott needs a bird in Alabama. And since Scott needs a bird in Alabama and I need a bird in Mississippi, we figured we could do a little swapping out of some hunting spots. And so Scott got me several locations on public land in Mississippi. And in exchange, Scott was going to come stay with me for a few days in Alabama and see if we couldn't get him a bird here in Alabama on my hunting club property. Well, you guys all know Cameron ended up killing a bird in Mississippi on public land opening weekend. And I did not. Not a big deal. It was a great weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed the hunt with Cameron and getting to see him whack a bird. So Scott was scheduled to come in sometime on Tuesday after work. And he was going to hunt with me Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning before I loaded up to go back to Mississippi to see if I could kill my Mississippi bird there. So Scott, you drove straight in from work where you've been working nights. Is that correct? That's right. That's correct. So how long had you been up straight when you got to, well, how about this? How long you had you been up straight when you finally went to bed Tuesday night? Ah, uh, probably, I guess I get up about four o'clock to go to work in the afternoon, got off at 6.30 that morning, and then I guess crashed at your camp about nine o'clock that night, so well over 24 hours. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Even during it's turkey hard. season, I can't do that. That's tough. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Well, so you came in on Tuesday afternoon, and we, I don't think we got any birds roosted Tuesday, did we? No, I didn't hear anything. I heard a bunch of coyotes. Yeah. No birds. Wednesday morning, we had a little bit of excitement. So Wednesday morning, we went into an area that I'd gone into Monday morning. And I spooked a gobbler off the roost Monday morning, and he flew down the road, landed in a tree, and I thought, okay, this is perfect. I now have separated him from his hens, and so all I need to do is set up in this road in between him and hens. Well, I got duped by a second bird that I didn't know was in there that started gobbling a little bit further back from where this bird flew. And so... I got up and started walking towards that bird, thinking he was the bird that I bumped. And then I bumped the first bird a second time. And I couldn't see very well, but it looked like he may have left the county. <laughs> because that joker was still flapping wings when he cleared the last tree in the cutover headed towards the highway. So That's a long way. That's a long way, and I think he may have caught an Uber out there and I don't know where he went from there but we hadn't seen or heard of him since so 
we got in there Wednesday morning into that area because I thought that maybe he would have come back in there by then. And I knew there was a second bird in there anyway. And so we get out of the truck and we walk, what would you say, 60, 75 yards? Maybe. Yeah. And we hear a hen yelp. So we just stop. We're standing in the middle of the road. Yeah, we were just out of sight of the truck. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe 80 yards at the max. One curve in the road away from the truck, and that was it. And so we stood there in the road for several minutes, and then turkeys started pitching down everywhere around us. <laughs> on the hillside, and one of them tried to pitch down in the road next to us and thought better of that, and no gobbler in sight. But we had a little excitement with turkeys trying to roost on our shoulders. Yeah, I thought the one hen was about to knock your hat off. That was that was pretty cool because she... She didn't know what to do, but she knew she needed to land. Yeah, yeah. I think she had she'd committed at that point to land and knew it was going to happen, whether it was going to happen in my lap or <laughs> on the next hillside over. She didn't, I don't, I don't think she really figured that out until the last second, that she better bank and move away from that tree that was standing in the road with a shotgun on his shoulder. And so that was about all the excitement we had going on Wednesday. And then... Yep. Thursday, I had a plan, and my plan was to go to another piece of property that is part of our hunting camp that's about a 30-minute drive from the actual camp house where we stay. So we got up real early, we drove over there, and we went into this area where I'd seen some gobbler tracks. And when we got in there, I don't even think it was really even daylight before the logging crew fired up. Yeah, they started early that morning. They started early. They were they were getting on it, killing some of our turkey habitat. And so we got in this area where I'd seen some gobbler sign and stopped the truck and I hooted and that joker gobbled about seventy five yards from the vehicle. So we got all of our stuff together, we backed out, went around, dropped down in the woods between him and a food plot, thinking that he would fly down and then come up to the food plot with some hens, and that didn't happen. And he gobbled, what did he gobble, four times on the ground? Yeah, four, maybe five. And two of those were to somebody that came in there on us and was blowing a crow call? Yep. Had a little help. So we knew we had some competition, and I really think our biggest competition was all of the hens that that gobbler was probably with. Yeah. Because once he flew down, he flew down away from us. Once he flew down, he just gobbled those few times on the ground and that he just shut up. He was done. But we hung in there in that area for really the entire morning. It was probably, what would you say, 1130 or so before we left out of there? Yeah, it was 1130 before we left out. And while we were sitting there on top of that hill next to that road, I heard, I know two other birds fly down in the direction that he gobbles. So, yeah, he was probably eat up with hens. Yeah. So, after sitting around doing some blind calling and trying to make something happen in that area where where we last heard the turkey, Scott and I made the decision to go back to the truck and fix a couple of sandwiches and ride over into an area where we could glass and eat lunch. And so we pull up into this area where we can glass and eat lunch. And this this property is pretty hilly where we are. And we drive the truck and get up on top of one of the hills. Well, first of all, 
Scott, we pull up to the gate to go into this section of property. And Scott gets out, unlocks the gate, and I said, just leave it open. We're, you know, I don't think we're going to be here for very long. So he gets back in and I said, wouldn't it be great if we pull up on top of this hill and there's a gobbler strutting with about five or six hens right out there? And he said, wouldn't it be great if we pull up on top of this hill and there are two gobblers strutting out there with about five or six hens? And I said, ooh, yeah, that'd be really good. Gonna wish, wish good. You're right. And here's why. So Scott and I drive up to the top of the hill in the truck and I'm looking ahead of us to, and to the right. Scott's looking ahead of us and to the left and says, there they are right there. I said, where? And he said, they're right there on the road on that hill. And I look over and they're what? Probably 400 yards from us? A little over 400 yards. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said, what's the plan? I said, well, the plan is to get out of here because we can't go straight to them. There's no way. It's too open where we are. It's too open where they are. So we back out of that area, drive past a road, the road that the turkeys are on, and I look and get to thinking, well, there's no way for us to get to them going down that road either. But there was a hill on the other side of the turkeys. And I knew if we could park the vehicle out of sight of those turkeys, we'd be able to walk up that hill and be in pretty good position on them. So we park on the side of the highway, get all of our stuff together. And Scott, I want to hear your perspective on the hunt because I know what I saw, but you were right there pretty much behind me the whole way, but I still don't know what you saw and what was going through your mind as this hunt progressed. So take us through your recollection of what happened once we got out of the truck. All right. Well, first off, first time ever fanning one, so I wasn't real sure totally what to expect. I did get to see my little girl fan one the year, year prior in Florida finish her grand slam and she shot a bird at four feet so I knew it would be pretty interesting and <laughs> so <laughs> but first you know main thing was making sure I had shells because it was kind of a frantic you know hurry up and get there kind of deal and yeah wanted to make sure I had my shells so I grabbed my two shells which was almost not enough <laughs> a little <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. You you were loading up pretty heavy, so I was like, well, I've, two shells should be enough. I mean, it's either going to happen or not. So we we take off towards the hill that is blocking, the, you know, us from the birds, and it is thick cutover, so we're trying to pick our way the best that we could through the treetop. We did have to cross one, one creek and had a pretty good swampy area, so we picked our way through it. Once we started the, the incline of the hill, it was a... I pretty much stuck right to you because I didn't know when or basically when the gobblers or the turkeys would, if they would actually meet us, if they were coming our way, if we would meet up, meet up with them. If, you know, we did, I wanted to be right there close to you. Yeah. So basically step for step, I was just right behind the shadow and you, and it, it worked out pretty good. You, you'd go forward. I'd go forward. If you took a right, I was right there with you, just shadowing you. And we got to the top of the hill and it got a little interesting because it was the bunching ground and they, all the treetops were piled up in just a big pile and, you know, in a big line. So we had to figure out a way through that, which without actually cresting the top of the hill and, you know, blowing our cover. Yeah. So that was, 
that was a little interesting. You know, you, you picked a path. I kind of hung back. Once you got over, you made sure that everything was all clear. So I crawled up through it. And from there on for about probably, I think it was 30, 40 yards, we crawled on our hands and knees, staying as low as we could to the crest of the hill. And at that point, you know, I, I kind of just, I stayed low while you, you raised up. And I was just watching you, and I could tell that you could see the bird, and that's when you actually said that you're looking at the gobbler, the strutting bird, and mm-hmm. that he was looking back at you. And that's kind of when my nerves started going south. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was fixed. To, something was fixing to happen. So we kind of, I think we inched a little bit further up to, towards the crest of the hill. We never yeah. did crest the hill. And I actually was able to raise up and see the strutting bird before he dropped off into the, the hole to where we couldn't see him anymore. You had said that the strutting bird was coming this way, and the, the other bird that wasn't strutting said he had started that way. So at that point, we couldn't see either one of them, and it was, it was pretty nerve-wracking for me. Yeah. Because like we had, I'm not going to say discussed, it was pretty much said that <laughs> I was shooting first, no matter what. It wasn't. We wasn't worried about the double. We were just worried about me getting the bird, which is a little different than I'm used to. So oh, I wasn't yeah. gonna argue with you. But there was no <laughs> question that you were shooting, and if an opportunity for a double presented itself, then I would worry about me later. And so yeah. We were not going to risk you not getting a chance at filling your Alabama tag when we were that close to a bird. And so Scott readily took me up on the recommendation. It really wasn't even a recommendation. <laughs> it was an order. <laughs> yeah, you look back, you said, we're not counting down. You're shooting. So uh-huh. that's that. <laughs> yeah. Was, you okay. Said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I just I I basically scooted up right to your right, and you're holding the fan up, watching you know watching for the bird. I was sitting a little bit lower than you because I didn't didn't want them to skylight it. And uh, you know we it took it seemed like forever, and I'm I'd got to shaking pretty darn bad. Just my nerves, and with them and turkeys, it, I get they get shot pretty bad. Yeah. And I didn't know if the birds were hooking us. I didn't know what side they were going to pop up on, if they were going to pop up to our far right, to our far left. You know, you were saying the same thing. You didn't know exactly where they went. You told me to make a, a light yelp, try to figure out what the deal was with them. I, I remember making a as, as good a yelp as I could make with a, a dry mouth and shaking like I was shaking. <laughs> and then it wasn't just a... A couple, I don't even know how, it wasn't very much longer. I, I, I do remember hearing you say, there, there's one's head, there's one right there. And I'd been looking at him for about, I don't know, probably a couple seconds before you said that. And I was shaking so bad I couldn't even keep my eye on him. <laughs> but <laughs> when you said that, I was able to calm my nerves enough to settle my, my red knot on his head. I pulled the trigger and I just saw what appeared to be a backflip from him. Mm-hmm. We did that. I just kind of popped up on my knees. You popped up, and the other bird was to our left, walking to our left, and you were able to get a shot off on him. And it was pretty neat just seeing the you, – because you couldn't see nothing but the top of his head, or I guess from the waddles up, basically. Yeah. And you could see the, your pattern actually going to him down the, you know, down the ground, which was pretty cool. And then he got his wings under him somehow, and that's what I – I stepped off to the side, and – I looked back at you. You pumped your gun, was ready for a follow-up shot, and I was 
I just told myself I did not feel like chasing a wounded bird through a cutover. So no. I raised up and helped you follow up shot. We both shot. I shot first, you shot second, and the bird hits the ground. And then you take off running and finish him off, which he, he wasn't going anywhere. And I, was, I don't know, that's when my back spasms and my... <laughs> uh, I hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I was warned about what might happen to you when you got the chance to shoot a bird after the shot. And I thought, yep. I think your buddy Bradley's messing with me. I don't think Scott <laughs> really does all that or acts like that after after he shoots a turkey, but Scott does. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, I you're about lock up. I do. I can't explain it. I mean, prior to the shot, I actually I lose the feeling in my hand and my arm. I'll probably die of a heart attack one day, which would be fine. I mean, if I go like that, that'll be the that'll be the way to go. Amen. But you know, it's it's weird. I, I lose the the feeling in my hands and my arms, and then I, then I'll calm down. I'll make the shot. But after the shot, I'll have back spasms. I'll lock up. I'll actually hit the ground on my knees, and I'll go to dry heaving for some reason. I don't know why I do it, but I do it. <laughs> Everybody gets a kick out of it that hunts with me. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's comical, but I can't control it. And you know, give me. I'm like Stan Potts. You gotta give me a minute, folks. Yeah, <laughs> give me, give me 30 seconds. I'll calm down, and then it's all good. Yeah. Well, I would much rather see someone react the way that you react after shooting than I would someone who just has no emotion whatsoever. And so, you know, that level of excitement that you get to after that shot is really awesome. I mean, it to me, it shows how much passion you have for the sport, how much respect you have for the birds, and, you know, some weird physiological stuff going on there, Scott. But <laughs> mentally, I think you're all there. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I can't tell you how many birds Bradley has had to run out and check on for me because I've, I've had to just lay down on the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite comical. Yeah. Well, everyone's going to get to hear the after effects of your of your shot because i'm going to play the audio for our hunt and you know one thing that when you're telling the story and kind of setting that scene so when i pop up and i look out ahead of us when you know when we get up to the top of the hill in the cutover where the birds are and i pop up and i see them those turkeys are probably 100 yards away and what i don't think i realized is how much that hill rolled downward to get to the road that those turkeys were on. And so there was quite a pretty tall dip in the road there, you know, or, or I should say really I was kind of obstructed from seeing the entire road where it led into that food plot. And that first turkey just absolutely disappeared in that dip. And I was thinking he's going to pop his head up over that ridge any time. And he didn't. Mm-mm. You know, and, and no, it took forever. It did, and you know that's what Scott was saying. We thought that bird was going to flank us and circle us and come around, and you know, then I got to thinking he's just left. I mean, I, you know, there's all these thoughts going through your mind, and really, what he had done was just walk down to the base of the hill and stand there and wait on his two-year-old buddy to walk up there and check on things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
send him a good buddy there. Yeah, you go take care of him. That's right. Yeah. If you need yeah. some help, I got yeah. your back. But right now I'm, yeah, I'm a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> this poor old buddy got knocked out. <laughs> he did. He did. He got waylaid for sure. So that was your first time experiencing fanning. What uh, what are your thoughts about all that? Yes. It is it's cool. I mean it it's some controversy that goes along with it of course, but I mean it's you gotta be careful doing it. Like you can't you really I, there's no way I would try it on public land. You gotta no. and you gotta be careful on private land. I mean we we had people walk on us, you know, on your club. Oh yeah. But under the the right circumstances, the right bird, the right situation, I, it is a rush. I mean, it's that was cool. I, that's a, that was a new one for me, and I would definitely do it again. Yeah. There were a couple of things about that entire hunt that made me comfortable fanning, and one was the fact yeah. that the turkeys were on the other side of the hill. If someone was, if a person was on the other side of the hill, the turkeys would not have been there. That's right. And then the side of the hill that we came up, shoot, somebody coming in behind us could have seen us from 400 yards away. So I had very, very little concern about using that fan in that circumstance. And you're right, though, even on private land, you've got to be careful. And, you know, there's places on that property that I would not use it. You know, if we were in the woods, I I wouldn't have used it. There's really no reason to use it in the woods because I don't think it is nearly as effective in the woods as it is in an open setting. Plus, I don't, as much of a rush as it is, if you said you got to pick, are you going to fan or call and we're in the woods, I'm calling. If oh, you, no doubt. If no we're doubt. in a field and you said you've got a fan or call, and I really feel like we could do some good with calling, I'm calling. But as a last resort in an open area in a field, the fan is it's, very it's effective. Deadly. Yeah. It's very effective. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So, good deal. Well, I appreciate you sharing your perspective of that story. And I'm going to play the audio for everyone. And if you guys listen to the show, if hearing someone gag is, <laughs> or I, sh- I should say dry heave, is going to bother you, then you may want to turn the volume down after the shot or shot because it's no fun just shooting one time. So, That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy the audio. promise to look at that stump right there only three more times between here and there. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's get in there. You might be able to jump across up here. You want to try it? better balance than I do. Okay, right here I just cut out about 2 minutes and 32 seconds of nothing but leaf crunching, me breathing heavily, and the wind blowing. So you didn't miss much. So you know, 
There is no one, two, three. Okay. You're shooting and I'll follow up. Okay. You're you're killing one of these birds. Okay, I cut out three minutes and 16 seconds of wind blowing and leaf crunching goodness for you guys. And then here's what happens. So, assuming they're still in the same spot, which we don't know, they're not going to be, we're not going to be able to see them when we slip up to this food plot, but let's slip up on the side of this brush pile and just ease up with the fan and stay fairly close to me. So at this point in our walk towards the turkeys, I've gotten my phone out to pull up OnX and just double check our location in comparison with where we last saw the turkeys, or we thought we last saw the turkeys. So they were right here, just about where the X is. So I think if we can get up here just to the crest of this hill, we ought to be able to let them in. Get his attention anyway. He's got a top ram call in. So what I'm doing right here is as we're walking towards the crest of that hill, we're crouched down and walking just to keep a low profile. And every so often, every few steps, I'll slowly stand upright and a lot of times I'll even get on my tiptoes just to kind of peek over the crest of that hill to see 
what's out on the other side of it. And so that's what I mean when I say I'm going to ease up a little bit. Okay, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's interview with Scott and the audio from our hunt, then you're going to need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in order to do that, what you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word. Do not let your autocorrect put a space between the word Turkey and Hunter. Text that one word to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will send you instructions on how you can go on to the Podbean application and create your username and password and pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee. When you pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, you'll get access to not only the rest of this week's show, but also the premium content for all of our past episodes, and there's about 100 of them, and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. So go ahead and text the word Turkey Hunter to 44222. Follow the instructions from there, and I do not think you'll be disappointed in your $18 investment. So before I cut you guys loose, if you'll do me a favor this week, I'd be very appreciative. If you would go to my website, www.theturkeyhunterpodcast.com and click on episode number 231. Then copy the URL for that site, for that podcast, and go on over to Facebook and post that onto a couple of Facebook fan pages that you like to visit and add something nice about the show as well. Nice little comment and post that for me. If you'll do that for a couple of Facebook fan pages, that would be great. It'll give the show some additional exposure and I'd be very appreciative. So that is it. That's all for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye.
Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.